0: you know what i'm saying guys you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying you guys Oh dude it has to reload dang it no need to remind me guys no need to remind me here we go all right coming up soon is brian o'Shea this will be an episode of call me ignorant and a couple of dias that is days in spanish by the way i'm looking forward to talking to the guy am gonna talk about weapons am gonna talk about uh oh i gotta get rid of this too um Nope, I got to get rid of, uh, what is this? I don't know what this is. Okay. What is play us out? Brian O'Shea coming in the house pretty soon. Just got to make sure everything goes well. Dang it. No. This is hysterical. It's talk guns, private investigation, private detective. Excuse me, guys. Let's get him on in here. All right. Can you hear? Hey, Brian, how's it going, man? Welcome to the show
1: good how are you doing good you? to finally
0: meet you yeah good to meet you as well we were just uh killing a little bit of time watching uh some of the videos you sent me you know th- throwing knives things like that um oh you're and, watching uh, mine yeah you know, just yeah just uh, a few of them yeah we watched <laughs> the one from you at the at the range and uh um the one where you were with naomi wolf uh you know showing like what like after account had been suspended and things like that but um you know so i guess we're going to talk about weapons we're going to talk about self-defense you know your private detective work things like that but first question is how long does it take to learn how to throw knives with accuracy two hours two hours okay so what yeah yeah, explain what that's like
1: well i you know I call it the COVID bucket list. Like, there was so much downtime, and I was fortunate. I have a client that was paying me anyways. Um, I was working, but it had gone to all research. And so I work about six hours a day, and then it's, you know, we have a place up in the Hudson Valley, so it's a lot of woods. And um, I just, you know, all those things you think about when you're a kid, you know, I don't know if uh, how old you are, but I know when I was a kid, like, Ninja magazines were, like, the big – big thing in gi joe comic books and uh i always wanted to throw a knife mainly because when people hear the story of how me and they met because i was technically investigating the bodyguard work for her
0: interesting They always asked
1: me like, uh, i bet you're like kevin costner and i was like no nah, I, I can't even throw a knife but um so i had to learn that really really quickly. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
0: this is crazy. Well, I I never knew that, that story of how you met. So you were like, you were her, her bodyguard. That's that. Yeah. That, I mean, not
1: so much that it's uh there's actually, they did a New York times uh, wedding announcement and uh, I, I'll send you the like, and she, she had, she had hired me to investigate uh, threats against her when she was doing her reporting. And um, you know, people that, you know, were threatening to really cancel her. And, um, so she hired me to look into it and, uh, I took care of it. It was very, it was very easy to figure out and, um, and, and thwart. And I just, I just made the online stalker fall in love with someone else.
0: Really? So this is like literally, yeah, like literally like the bodyguard. Okay. So I'm, you know, you can't see it, but I'm showing people the, uh, um, the, the New York Times article right now. Yeah. Naaman oh. Wolf and Brian William O'Shea were married uh, tw- November 23rd. Wow. That's that is amazing, man. <laughs>
1: that's it's a such crazy cool... story. Yeah. It sounds implausible.
0: <laughs> right. You think they'll make a, a movie out of it one day?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just kind of getting around these yeah. days. These days, I don't know. I, I, you know, it might offend someone who knows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, I was actually talking with this about a, a guest we had on Monday. Is that it seems like yeah, I kind of stopped watching movies and watching TV and reading fiction because uh-huh. it seems like the current story, like the nonfiction story that's going on, if you can call it that, is one of the most fascinating stories. Like with the the histor- historical lead up to 2020, um, all yeah. the different p- players in the the world stage and things like that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you consume much fiction and stuff or do you think that nonfiction stuff is enough? It, movies or books? Yeah, I guess a little bit of both.
1: Um, I'm, I'm mainly nonfiction. I used to be fiction. Actually, I'm more fiction now because the nonfiction I'm pretty sure is propaganda, propagandistic fiction. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's hard to tell the difference between fiction and nonfiction these days. So yeah. I, If I find something that's like, you know, two people get stranded on Mars and it crashes to Earth and they're fighting garbage bots or something like that, then that's what I'm going to watch because... I know that's fake and I don't have to sit there and do some mental gymnastics trying to feat, uh, figure out the propaganda.
0: Right. Yeah, and I was th- that's a good point. Yeah, if it's really outlandish, the sci-fi, the 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 fantasy things like that, yeah, you can just yeah. escape. But if it's kind of yeah, if it's if it's anything like real life, you know it's propaganda, especially from big Hollywood. You know, you know, it's crazy, yeah. So it is crazy, yeah. yeah. When did you start being, so you're, okay, so I've been saying you're a private investigator in announcements and stuff. I looked at your profile, it says private detective. Is there a difference between the two things?
1: No, I, I started using private detective because I was spending a lot of time in Oxford when uh, Naomi's finished your last book. And, you know, here, anyone who knows private investigations, they know, okay, it's a private investigator. They're either really good or really not that good or somewhere in between. Um, A lot of them are retired cops. I've I've never been a cop, but um, I started using detective because it seemed to resonate more with the British audience. You know, probably because of Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yeah. And plus I, I I feel that, and it's interchangeable and it's legally interchangeable. I mean, except on contracts, but um, what I found was even here in the States, when I use investigator, people thought I was part of the police. And it got really confusing explaining to people, no, it's not a public service. No, I'm not going to look into that just because you're curious about your neighbor. Um, so I started using detective, and it seemed to kind of clear all that up. Okay,
0: gotcha. Um is there any, you know, it's, it's all, you know, we're going to get a little bit into kind of like libertarian stuff a, a little bit later, but uh-huh. you know, it's interesting that you were never a cop. I mean, that makes sense. Most, most libertarians are not really into, into cops. Uh, but what, you know, did you, did you ever consider it? Did you ever want to be, uh, you know, in, in the public field?
1: Um, nope. no, okay. I never did. I, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I was in the military, Okay. so I don't know if that counts, but yeah. yes, active duty for 11 years, but. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I have a lot of really good friends that are not really good friends, but I've known a lot of great cops. I got pulled over recently in Wyoming um, and I got a ticket, but the guy was super nice. Mm.
0: You
1: know? And so, um, I, you know, I've, I've never had a, an issue with police, um, but I, I've never wanted to be one. And I, I think the reason why is probably the same reason I got out of the military. And, and after that, I went into government contracting. I got out of that. And that's because what I do is very creative, coming up with solutions. And what I find with anything that's mandated by a state authority or a national authority, there's parameters you have to work with them. Um, And you don't have a lot of wiggle room. And so with my job, I still have parameters. I have what's legal. But beyond that, I can figure out any way to solve someone's problem I want. Um, If it's going to court, of course, I have to record everything I'm doing you know, to protect myself. But I just find it's, you know, I was able to let that creative detective out of the, out of the cage better by dismissing all authority above me, except yeah. for, you know, the national and state authority.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's really, yeah, so you, yeah. you're kind of describing the bureaucracy, you know, the, the, you know, if yeah. you are like, you're, you're being told to do by something, because there's a chain of command, there's uh you have to, you know, file paperwork and things like that in the public sphere yeah
1: and if i if i may there's i've, I've hired a couple police like ex-police in the mm. past and even a, an fbi agent who just retired and I, I was excited i'm thinking man this is gonna be great and they were on time they could do really good surveillance but they weren't getting it done and i said well, why didn't you just do this they said well that. I don't know if that's legal. And I said, well, I know it's not illegal. Um, So, you know, and, and, you know, there, look, if you spend all that time in a career, you're going to be locked into certain frameworks and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. And I'm certainly not knocking those, those people, but it just doesn't fit into what I need to do Um, because people normally come to me after they've exhausted all resources. I can't even look at a case if there's an uh, open police investigation. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, that, that'd that be interfering with an ongoing investigation. Sure. So I, I can't even touch a case anyways. But people normally do come to me when you know, they've exhausted all, all other resources.
0: Wow. Okay, so what branch of the military did you serve in? Uh,
1: in the U.S. Army.
0: The Army, okay. Did you, when you were active duty, did you, you know, I guess what I'm asking is when did you decide you wanted to get into this field? Was it like something that you were kind of toying with when you were active duty? Like, when did you start that path of trying to join, t- trying to be an investigator?
1: Uh, I kind of stumbled into it. Um, I, in, you know, in the military I was military intelligence and mainly most of my time with special forces units. So I was attached as an intelligence guy. And, and what that means is I was in the unit, but I wasn't a green beret. I just had a rucksack with twice as much weight and none mm-hmm. of the glory. <laughs> and so, um, literally, so uh, when I got out, I went into different fields of government contracting because of my, I did have a clearance um, and it was right after 9-11, it, I, I walked into so many jobs. It was like being a rock star. Mm. And um, while I was in that though, you know, it's just like in life, you, you think, you know, this is going to be great. And then you get there, you're like, ah, it's not so great. Then you think this is going to be great. You get there. and that's, It's not what you want. And just one day I ended up on this contract that was, like, seven days on, seven days off, which uh, was horrible. But in the seven days off, I just, I think I was watching some detective movie, and I was like, man, that'd be really cool to, like, break that sucker out at a wedding, you know, Let's say you're a private detective. So I, I went and got it. And then I got mad because the instructor said I had to work for someone to use it. I thought you just get your license and, you know, you're like the Hardy Boys, and you go find things, and the... Uh, so I was like, what do you mean? So, and then I, yeah, I put out some applications just for part-time work. And I, I cleared it with my, my government of, uh, client at the time. And people wanted to pay me like $15 an hour and stuff. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And so I just made my own business just to prove that instructor wrong. And then someone gave me a job and I'm sitting out there in the fresh air with my camera and my coffee. And I'm like, this is so much better than that cubicle in Northern yeah. Virginia. I, I'm just loving this. Wow. So yeah, that's, that's how I got into
0: it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, d- just back to the, you know, your work in, in the army. What was the extra gear that, you know, you said you had twice the amount of gear and none of the glory. What was the gear that you had to like carry around and like, yeah. What, what, what were you, what are you talking about there? Uh, well, I won't
1: go into detail, but, yeah. um, it was, uh, gear to collect the intelligence I needed to collect. Plus there's also, you have to carry enough water for like Mm. five days, uh, uh, ammunition for about five days. I mean, all that stuff's heavy, but then we had special equipment to do our job and it was extremely heavy. Probably Mm. wouldn't be as heavy today, um, but it was heavy back then. I mean, our GPS and this, I got out in 2003, so I'm not a total dinosaur, but I mean, our GPS, we used to use these things called sluggers, and there were these giant, like, about the size of a large trail camera. And then they had this big, fat antenna, so that takes up. And you know, when you go camping or yeah. on a long road trip, every little inch counts. You know, you're like, do I need this? So you got good at it. But the toughest was jumping with that type of a, a load, because we were an airborne unit. And that, that, was, that was pretty wild. So jumping out of a plane, with a, it was about 120, 130 pounds wow. on average.
0: Yeah, that's that's a lot of gear. If you think about squatting or deadlifting or something like that, I mean, you know, it's you're in a controlled environment. You know, you have a bar and stuff like that. But it, like, you know, the pack. That, did you ever? How many? When you were jumping, did you ever get you know like whacked by it? Like did you, did it? You land on it the wrong way and like hurt yourself or something like that? No, I, I mean I,
1: I got whacked by the side of the plane a few times, but um, oh, not like. Dude. Not like, what you kind of go under, like the plane is going, you, you jump out and your body actually goes like on its back and then kind of slips under the plane. But if people didn't jump out far enough, you'd actually hear their helmets going you know down that belly of the plane. So,
0: um,
1: no, but what happens is you put it on the front and there's these hooks and you, you, you hang it in the front and then there's, um, I don't understand the whole, um, how it works but then there's a ripcord so when you get treetop level which is usually 100 feet you pull that ripcord and it falls to the end of like a 20 meter or 20 foot uh tether line mm. and so it's going to land where you're not and then when you get down there then you kind of you know stay undercover and you pull your rucksack to you
0: that's fast it was just
1: man. getting out it's like you're because it wraps around the back of your legs you kind of do this duck waddle you can't really and it's heavy you when you've got this thing in front of you and it's just kind of pulling you out of the
0: plane. Wow. I'm fascinated by that stuff, like logistics and just how to make it physically work. And um, I mean, so- it's
1: fun. I haven't even talked about an air era- not in probably 15 years. So thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, it's sure, it's a
0: good I love this stuff. Yeah. Um, would you, uh, okay. So we, we have a live chat going right now and people have questions about all uh, your, uh, your private detective work. Um, but one of them is regarding like the paperwork you needed. So you, so when you, you kind of transitioned to from contract work to your own business as a PI, um, and you had to get a certification, like do you have to get a, like a college degree for this stuff at all. Like what's the actual, But and you, it is the same thing you meant when when you you have to work for someone and then you sent you started your own business. How does the paperwork thing work? You know, that whole well, that's a
1: great question. Um, it in the United States, anyways, it depends on which state you're in. So, every state has their own uh uh, deal going on. So, typically, a state, if people are interested, they're they're going to want it. I mean, you could just Google it like how to get a private investigator's mm-hmm. license in Virginia or something like that. Right. Um, but like in, in our case, my licensing authority is the Department of Criminal Justice, and we fall under private security services. And then under that, there's all sorts of like private investigator and all that. And then you just have to take usually a course that's mandated um, and to make sure you know the laws and the rules. That's It's not going to teach you how to be an investigator. It's going to teach you how much trouble you can get in when you screw up that's (laughs) that seems to be the whole gist of it um and then you pay fees like anything and then you get a license yeah Uh, it's not that difficult and um some states don't even have a licensing requirement um so if you're in those states i I think maybe alabama i I, I don't want to quote it because i'll get it wrong but there are states that have no licensing requirement and um but it's and then after that it's really you know it's it's kind of like a uh, like catch me if you can that that movie there like mm-hmm. i have plenty of training plenty of tactical experience both from the military and from my my government contracting work but domestic surveillance is a whole different animal and i really had no idea and the first thing i the first thing i tuned into and i, I certainly wasn't a fan of it i kind of stand the show but the only show I could find that was doing surveillance was that bounty hunter show. I forgot that guy's name. Dog,
0: dog, Bounty dog, the bounty hunter.
1: Yeah. You know, and, (laughs) um, and I hesitate saying that because of all the, the controversy around him, but that's just really the reality It's the only show I could find where they were doing some somewhat domestic surveillance. It didn't really help. It just, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things where you just have to do it all the time. And I tell people like, don't spy on people to get training, but you know, it's like, I always have a camera with me. Um, I always am taking pictures. If you look at my feet of birds, bunnies, bears, you know, sometimes I never put cases up there, but just knowing your equipment so you can break it out and, and, and know what works for you is, is the key thing. And, you know, in terms of surveillance, what I always tell people, actually, let me back up the best I've learned more from investigative journalists about being an investigator than really anyone else. Mm. Cause it's the same exact job. If you think about it. Right.
0: Okay. So, so um,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So, so what other gear do you usually, you have your camera. I mean, one person, I think they were kind of saying this tongue in cheek, but they asked if you were, if you travel around with a magnifying glass, <laughs> I'm sure that's kind of a joke, but what right. other, you know, what other gear do you have?
1: Well, <laughs> don't laugh, but, um, <laughs> I actually bought my first magnifying glass not too long ago. Wow! And the reason why is because when you're looking at a photo on a, a computer, it it's a lot quicker just to hold a magnifying glass up to it and expand it and try to depixelate it. Sometimes you just want to see something, uh, so I bought that. But I always forget to bring it. But uh, as far as camp equip like what kind of equipment? I mean, camera first and foremost. You know, so this is my it's my baby here. Yeah. And um, this is the Nikon Coolpix uh, P1000. This has 125 optical zoom, and I'm gonna point it out to Windows. So I am in Iowa City right now, mm-hmm. so you see these are other buildings. I don't know. Oh wait, I don't know if you can see yeah, that. Yeah, I can. But... Yeah,
0: I can see it. Yeah,
1: not not so, like, like here, well, what it is, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to point at the corner of the building here because I don't want to peek at anyone's windows, but right. all right. So there's the corner of the building and then this thing can really get right up there. And it's hard because I'm doing this backwards, but you see that's the corner of that building there. And then if I zoom out. okay. See that?
0: Wow. Yeah, I saw that. Sure. Yeah. And
1: it, it really can do a lot. So Dang. if you've seen my pictures of the moon online, they were shot with this
0: okay interesting yeah
1: um so it's it's important to get i like these auto cameras like i've had people show up with all the lenses and all the really cool gear and that's great but you gotta carry that stuff with this i put it on birdwatch, and uh like it'll take 60 pics or like 50 some odd per second and it's kind of like if you've ever done skeet shooting it's kind of like similar to action photography like if someone's in a car getting in a car, I'm just going to cover that with, with frames. I'm just going to hold this down and, and go full automatic on, on getting mm. those pictures. And then you can sift through them when you're done and get the best ones for the client.
0: Wow. So yeah, it's yeah. knowing the, t- it's knowing your gear. Yeah. I mean, what do you think it was like, you know, a hundred years ago when the technology wasn't there? What adjustments do you think they had to make?
1: Well, I think it was a lot of trust. Mm. If, um, I mean, I, I've read not too much. I mean, there's not a lot of history of, of Detective work, but really, if I can think of there's a biography of uh, uh, Alan Pinkerton. And you could call Alan Pinkerton, and you've heard of Pinkerton security. Yep. So you could probably call Alan Pinkerton the father of modern PI, because that's what he was at first. It wasn't always security, and which which is funny because he, I think he what, came from Scotland and was a socialist. And he... Moved over to the middle of the country, so I think Minnesota, but don't quote me on that. And someone had their barrels stolen, and asked him if he'd help them find them. And he ended up uncovering this big money, uh, like a uh, counterfeit money scandal. And he went on to solve more things. Eventually, he got the attention of the, I think it was uh, the National Railroad Line or whatever. But um, and Abe Lincoln at the time was uh, I think the, C, uh, the COO or the CFO. And um, they hired oh. him and that's, yeah. And then he became the intelligence for the civil war. And so um, after that, he, he's the reason we have licensing because after the civil war, the government realized like the private security sector has more guns, they have more people, they have better intelligence networks we need to license them so we can keep track of them. And that's really what the license is about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. not, it's, I, I, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan of any type of occupational licensing. I mean, I'm a, yeah. i am aii used to be a pretty hardcore libertarian. I'm, I'm kind of more call myself like a right winger now, but still, I still want to end the fed. I want to end the drug war, like stuff like that. But I, I'm not a big fan of, especially stuff with guns i mean they like you said they just want to keep tabs on the people that are are kind of more skilled or better equipped than them right
1: well i think that's the the uh, roots of it i think look i think now i I mean that's a tough one because i own guns and i'm trained and um i do and I, i know i'm gonna get a ton of shit for this but i do believe that there should be some minimum say training something mm. because my brother he's like uh, he sold his business he got really really like got a lot of money and he kind of and he's a great guy but i'll never forget sorry i am in a hotel room so i'm trying to keep this thing from falling oh, that's and i'll never forget i go to his house and cause I, I, I mean he made you know just you know, north of 10 million on this deal and he had all these guns he never really shot many guns and it's like, check it out, and he had some nice weapons. And I'm like, why do you need all these? And you can tell they you know, when you see a gun, you can tell it's never been fired, you know? And, and I'm looking at it, and he's kind of waving it around. I just left the room. I'm like, I, you're scaring me. I'm going to get shot down here. So, my thing is, it's like, just like a driver's license, in my opinion, um, except for, um, unless you have a, a, you know, an adult with you and you're a kid. You know, and just like a driver's license, someone has to take you out and teach you how to drive. You have the whole permit thing. And just like with responsible, and I would say the mature, except for him, I'd say every gun owner I've ever met and hung out with has been super responsible. It's it's always safety first, myself included. Um, but to be fair, I mean, I've gone to the range, mainly on the East Coast if I go to an indoor range, and there's people muzzle flashing you, and you're just kind of like, come on, man, you know, that's, and so there are some people that, you know, really, in my opinion, everyone has a right to own a gun, but everyone has a right to drive, too, but you can't just go out and drive. Mm-hmm. That's So that's my opinion on it. I know I'm going to get, like, tons of tons of crap for that. but
0: <laughs> That's okay. <you> know. yeah.
1: <laughs> but I yeah. also think that even if you don't agree with gun ownership, you should always agree with keeping the Second Amendment intact, because my fear, and most, a lot of Second Amendment, you know, uh, protect people that believe in the Constitution believe in the Constitution. Everyone should, but um, you start picking one apart, they're going to pick them all apart, and then, mm. then then we're not America anymore, so that's yeah. that's another thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, yeah. Um, what's, uh, do, you know, so you're daily, so you, you've been in a PI for what, 15, 16 years? You said you got out in...
1: 2012, 2000... I
0: believe. Oh, okay, all right, so so about yeah. nine years. Do you, uh, what's the, I don't know, it's, it, it's kind of a big question, because I'm sure that every situation's different, and you know, what's like of, yeah. what's the day to day? And also someone asked in the chat, like how much, uh, of your job is spent on online versus in real life. Like how much is like, you know, sitting at a desk, looking at photos versus actually staking out. And I don't even know what the right terms are, but yeah, what's the day to day? And like, you know, and maybe you could just describe, I know you can't like reveal a too much, as much information as I want. I mean, no, as an inter- no, interview, I want all the info, but you know, just what's your day to day? All that
1: I, stuff. I just can't tell you client names okay. and stuff, but. Well, okay, so like a typical job is, let's say you're doing a, let's say a company calls you, someone's stealing, like, you know, equipment, and they want you to solve it, okay, and so you'll probably, what I, the way it works is I sell hours, so people purchase a minimum amount of hours, so it'll be like 20 hours, and then, and I don't guarantee, you know, results, because you wouldn't need me if you knew what the result would be. But I, I do guarantee that I will get you as much as I can in those, those 20 hours of surveillance. And then you don't charge normally for writing up the report. So to answer the question, if I do 20 hours of surveillance, I mean, you're looking probably at about another 10 to 20 hours of writing. It just depends on how, how much you write. So it's But it, the biggest, the most important thing in this job is writing, um, more than anything. Because you're out there, you're doing the fun. And look, being in the field is fun. I love it. but And I don't always love the writing part. It's um, like, you know, pace in front of the laptop. I'm like, ah, God. And then you have a lot of photos you got to go through. So, yeah. But my thing is, like, if you can't write and communicate, what happens? But well, how does the client know it happened? Because only you were out there. So the better you write, um, the, the more success you're going to have. And the more pictures you take. Like, nothing could happen. It's not your fault. If they say, I want you out there on Saturday and Sunday, and these guys just decide to not show up and steal things. Mm. Well, that's not your fault. you know. Right. But you want to show that you were there. You want to try to give them some additional information. Hey, no, nothing happened. But I did notice that there was a Tennessee license plate on the ground. I took a picture of it. I mean, you want to go outside the box and and get them as much as they can. So you're, you're the eyes and ears uh, on a place or a target where they can't be. And the only way to communicate that is in with, 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 with how your report looks. I see.
0: Okay. And what about, you know, pulling records of theirs and stuff online, like investments or like, like, I don't know what you have access to. I mean, I guess you have access to whatever the public has access to, but you know, someone asked you, can, can you find someone's investments or can, you know, can you find like fraud receipts or like you know, old police reports, things like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, okay, it, so each one of those things is different. So yeah. in terms of like credit related stuff, you can but you're not legally allowed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do need to, um, you know, go through a credit bureau for that. Or typically, it's target for the subject would have to sign a release for you to look at their credit. If that's not going to happen, yeah. Um, so you can't look at that stuff. What you can look at, though, is everything around that, and I call that silhouetting. So if I can't look at someone's bank records, but we think they have a million dollars. Uh, that they didn't have yesterday, I'm going to follow them and, and watch your spending. Mm. And I'm going to see what kind of improvements are happening at their house or has their car upgraded. The same way police catch bank robbers most of the time. is They never catch them in the act, they catch them in the act of buying a bunch of things. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try to build a story around that, but then you know it still might be up to a lawyer or something to figure it out or the police to figure out the rest of it. So I'm going to get them down the road, but that's not, that's more of a preponderance of evidence type of collection. Mm. Um, the second one was it, credit same thing. Same um, thing. it depends yeah. on the investments. Yeah. So if it's a, a physical asset type investment land houses, of course that's easy. Yep. Houses are really easy. Mm. Uh, cause they're publicly available. Uh, investments themselves. No, I mean, good luck with that. Um, because a lot of those won't even show up on a credit report. Um, then so no, and that's one of those things where normally you, if you're if you're at that level of investigation, you're normally working with a lawyer. Oh, okay. And if if you're getting into this work or you're new to it, and a lawyer says, "Hey, can you find this?" No, you can't. And even if you could, you're like a hacker or something. You don't want to because it's 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 a federal offense if you yeah. access that stuff, and of course if you turn it over. So you don't want to do that but that's when you'd ask your lawyer or the lawyer they've assigned to work with you hey you need to get a forensic accountant or you need to uh put this in discovery and and have them turn these things over so you want to know a lot about the law around the type of case you're doing that's uh, that's a key thing is knowing what you're legally allowed to do and, and and knowing the law so you can help the lawyer or the legal team a lot of times they don't know
0: Wow, that's that's fascinating stuff. Yeah, I mean, do you? The other thing I talked about was police reports. Is that, is that public record? Like, I mean, I guess that's kind of interesting. You you have to kind of know who the person is and their name before you go, because if it's just like you said, someone is stealing something, they don't know who's stealing they don't know if they're stealing just stuff is just missing right but it's just like a random guy that you see you got to figure out their identity before you go into you know pulling records online or n- anything like that like, sure yeah so how do you do you do you, like well, well let's get into the legal angle actually like is it's is just taking photos of someone legal or, or following yeah, them it's or? totally
1: totally legal
0: okay totally legal, legal. there's a lot of
1: <laughs> cases about this but now there's a, there's a caveat here. So, like, I'm on the seventh floor of a hotel. Mm-hmm. I can see in people's windows because they're open. It looks like an office across from me. I can't take those pictures, even though I can. That would not be – that be an invasion of privacy because I could not possibly see that from the street, from the ground level, from the oh. public area. Um, so it's about ex- expectation of privacy. So if someone's on a ground-level apartment, and someone else, I think there was a case about this. Um, sorry about that. You still there? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. I had my do not disturb, but someone's still got a call through. <laughs> um, and I think there was a case like, T. I don't want to say TMZ, but it was one of those type of outfits that taken pictures of someone from a public area of them engaged in a, a carnal act for lack of a better term. And I think there was a court case about it, but they, the, photographer was able to, did not get in trouble because if you're on the ground level and it's you know it's location based too every every place has different laws and case law but because they had their windows wide open and anyone on the street could see what was going in in there there's no expectation of privacy and mm-hmm. so the reason you can take pictures of anyone is because in a public area and you have to be in a public area like you can't trespass and, and, and take pictures. Um, drones that's a whole nother story like that's 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 up in the air a lot of times but there's laws around that too but so that's a key thing be in a public area if they're in a public area it's just like the gps argument like can you put a gps on someone's car um it goes back and forth it depends on who's who's hearing the case i guess but it's been argued that that is no different than putting a flyer on someone's windshield wiper wow
0: where do where do you, where and where do you, you sta- go yeah. in public?
1: Where you go in public, there's no expectation of privacy.
0: So where do you stand on the GPS thing? I mean, maybe for professional reasons, you you like that it it's it's a lot. But like, what do you sta- stand on the moral aspect of the GPS thing?
1: I mean, I don't use GPS. I think it's lazy, mm. and um, <laughs> it's also expensive. Like, there's no like those subscriptions you can never get out of them you know, and so um, like, you know, it's I, I. the only time I've used GPS was just I put it on my own vehicle to see how well it worked and just the logistics of getting it on is going to be dangerous I, I don't see how you're not trespassing if you get a GPS on someone's car I, I just like to stay away from it because you should be able to, with some practice you know, do surveillance in a legal way without having, and, and GPS is not illegal, but I just, I find it to be, you're kind of leaving behind a trace that you were there. Yeah. So if you don't get that thing off, offer, you can put that thing on and they go to get their oil changed. But your case is blown. Um, sure. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't use GPS. It's, you know, when surveillance is done, it's like, you know, just plus surveillance is just going to get you more information because the GPS is going to show you where they went. But if they stop for three hours and you're you're not watching them, you you know you don't know what they were. They could have been unloading a truck full of like gold bullion or something. So you just don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm not a
1: fan of GPS. I don't
0: use it. Okay. So what about? Have you ever been like? Have you ever been you know like sued or you know actually like kind of flirted with the line of doing something or gotten gotten caught for like doing something illegal, gotten in trouble for lack of a better word for
1: yeah. i mean i've never i've never done anything illegal um there's always going to be complaints
0: yeah that's what i was going to say like i mean a person can sue or can threaten to sue or complain or something like that regardless of what you did they can make something up they can they can like exaggerate they can muddy the facts is that does that happen yeah
1: okay (laughs) give me just a second um so yeah, I mean, I, I think with clients, there are some clients that will complain and say you didn't do what they paid you for. And that's, that's why you have contracts. Uh. And you say, well, I did, and it's right here, and you signed it. And that will normally go to a review board if, if they want to push it. And as long as you keep your paperwork tight and you stay within your regulations and do everything by the book in terms of contracting and all that and maintaining your records – You know, you don't want to be a cowboy out there. It's just not a good idea. There was a case in the 80s called, I think it was Blue Moon Investigations, where they were reporting to the client where the husband was in real time. And she came and killed him. What? (laughs) Yeah. um, It was a famous case. And there was, I remember as a kid being horrified by this news footage. And she's like running him over with her car over and over. I mean... And so I learned about that case when I was actually getting my license. And they legal, criminally, they were not liable, but they got sued. I mean, they got sued bad by that family. And, you know, that's another point. You don't want to keep the client um, informed in real time ever. I've had clients show up in camouflage wanting to help. And and I didn't tell them anything, but, like, I had my guys were out there, and they're like, hey, boss, this is... Someone in camouflage crawling through the parking lot. Wow. And I was like, what? Hold on. So I called a client and I'm back at the office. I called the client and, you know, to her credit, she was like 79 years old and, and just wanted to be part of it. And she went <laughs> out to camouflage. And this is like, you know, this is an upper middle class woman. And um, I, I said, watch her closely. So I call and they're like, yeah, it looks like she's answering the phones. So I know it's her. I said, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm just trying to help. But I said, I'm sure you'd be a great help, but you need to low crawl out of there and you're going to blow the whole case. So that's why in a more humorous reason, you don't keep people informed in real time.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's another reason that, you know, I don't know if people account for this themselves, but it'd be a really good reason to hire a detective is because, you know, you're, you're distanced from the emotions of it. I mean they're they're t- dealing with their property their, their loved ones their uh yeah. you know very personal stuff and they they you know <laughs> that's a great story man
1: Yeah oh, there's tons of them I mean that could go on and on I should someday I'll write a book I keep telling myself yeah. but that's a full-time job in and of itself
0: Yeah absolutely So do you have yeah. like I don't know do you have you taken I don't know. Do you have a list of I don't we're, we probably won't get all the stories, but have you do you struggle to remember all the stuff it's so much? I mean, I'm a I'm a music teacher. I, I you know there's been cra- crazy stuff oh, that's, that's cool. happened in a music class. And but I don't remember it all cuz I just this is the day. It's almost like working in a hospital or you know yeah. it's just like the day to day, but like do you do you like have a journal or anything like that?
1: You know, just all Reports for clients. Uh, really, I, I keep every photo though, and I keep. I have terabytes, terabytes of of
0: video and,
1: and, and uh, photography and audio, and I just um I keep all those. And sometimes, and you know, sometimes I'll take pictures with my iPhone just to make sure I've got a backup. That's another good point: backup cameras, redundancy all the mm. time. I never go on a job without any less than five cameras. Um, wow, but. When I'm going through my phone, you know, we all take pictures of everything. I'll go through my phone and there's my cute dog, Mushroom. And and then, oh, yeah, I remember that case. And then and so it comes back to me through the photos. Mm. And I do want to someday do a music video, like, to uh, uh, (laughs) either People Are Strange or Season of the Witch, you know, and just kind of do this whole, like, collage type montage thing. So, yeah.
0: Are you – whose property – are those photos and videos like your property?
1: Um, no, technically they are the property of the client. Mm. And so what I'll do when I keep them is, um, and by, by keeping them, I, what I really mean is like the case specific photos, those go, you know, anything that's identifying and licensed with those, those go the client has those. I get rid of those after two years. Um, I destroy them, but, in taking as many pictures as you can you some and sometimes you're bored i mean sometimes you're always bored doing surveillance until something happens and make no mistake about it like don't get into this job if you think you're gonna do a low crawl and a tumble and have a ghillie suit and the action's gonna happen i mean you might be sitting there for two days before you get a shot and so you get bored sometimes you'll see a a nice sunset or you know a cool car or, you know oh. something like that or someone so you're just taking random photos you know and it's just to pass the time so really those kind of photos but i, I recognize the location from them and i'm like oh yeah i remember that case so was, that was a pretty wild case mm,
0: cool yeah so it's like yeah. jogs the memory yeah um do you, uh, you ever had like the cops called on you for like, yes yeah, yeah a lot. Okay. So do you, you got like your car, do you have like tinted windows and stuff and you know, your, your detective mobile?
1: Depends on the neighborhood. Oh yeah. So like if I'm, you know, if I'm in a neighborhood where everyone's driving a Prius, I'm renting a Prius. Mm. Um, if I'm in, you know, if I'm in like uh, rural Washington or Texas, I'm renting a Dodge Ram 1500 white extended cab because everyone seems to have this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to blend it in as much as I can, but what I'm doing and I, I don't really do all these different jobs now because I, I have one client yeah. and they, I do all the work for them. And that's been for the last two years. So, and which involves everything. It's a perfect situation. Um, but they, uh, you know, the, 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 the thing about the vehicle is, and that's why I was talking about cameras, dash cams are great. Mm. Like dash cams are great. Having multiple dash cams where, if, especially if you're alone, man, it's hard. Like, you, you're going to miss something. And I normally do mostly video because you're less likely to miss something. But mm. I literally will have a two-channel dash cam and then two GoPros pointing out the side, and they're running nonstop. And so I'm covered there and I even have a tripod for this that has a automatic, it's uh, called a cam ranger and it just rotates and oscillates and it's like click, click, click all day long. Mm. Um, So I have tons of whatever I can do to automate the process. And then I, myself, I'll have a pen camera. I'll have my iPhone in my pocket, which is always the best. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to record as I, I, I have a camera in the back of my hat when I go on a job. So when I'm leaving, if something's happening behind me, I capture that as well. I'm That's capturing cool. everything.
0: Yeah. This is really yeah. cool. I didn't even think about this till right now. I keep this thing right here just because it's a smiley face. I think it looks funny, but this is actually a camera right here. There's I've a, seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one in the eye right there. And then, so what I, when I've Did covered from. Uh, Breakout about, security? Uh, I don't know. It was just at a at a store called Micro Center that does like all things electronic. Yeah. So I don't know what like brand it is, but when I've covered uh, like protests and live events and things like that, I'll mm-hmm. I'll clip it on my backpack so it can get the stuff behind me. I got a pen yeah. one, yeah, just all kinds of stuff. Yep. Yeah. And they're
1: they're really easy to get. Like you could go on Amazon, and, um, and and you know this is where like you know I'll say like without going into China stuff, like, there's a lot of good products that come out of China. I'm never a decoupler or anything like that. I, just, I want a fair market. Um, but they have, these things are so cheap now. You can get everything, like, and they're getting smaller and smaller. Like, you have fire extinguisher. I mean, they they thought that, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm customizing. And here's a little, I'll, I'll share this industry secret with you. I'm into RC cars in a big way. Um, I started using that for a job. That's a different story, but uh, that's how I got into it. But what I found is these FPV cameras are great. Like those things can transmit. So wow. the ones they put on like fixed wing planes, yeah, you can just stick that on a tray and wow. then transmit. Them. And it's cheaper because when they when these industries sell to like you know if you see a, if if you look up private investigation equipment it's going to lead you to places that are really overpriced because it's a target market. But yeah. if you go to, um, you know, I was just messing around like it'd be really cool to have first person view on my awesome Traxxas car. And I started thinking about it. I was like, well, how far can this transmit? And then I was thinking, Hey, and then go to Michael's and get some styrofoam and carve out a fake rock or something. You know? Just, you've got to be creative.
0: Have you seen uh, like other uh, you know mask cams? Like people wear masks all the time. Well, they, they're starting to do less and less. But have Are you they seen? Any... Now? I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm asking you. Like, have you ever seen any surveillance like COVID related or like ma- Yeah, inside <laughs> of like a, a one of these masks. Um, no, I haven't. You
1: know, I was thinking like eventually someone's going to come up with a mask camera or something.
0: Yeah, um, I, think I haven't that's... Seen... <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and the thing about like i'm totally anti-mask mm-hmm. you know i think me it's too. An idiotic notion you know, but i will say the only the only benefit i've gotten from masking was i didn't have to use disguises yeah because everyone's masked me the too. only problem with yeah. masking is everybody's masked yep yeah so it's 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 hard to see who's who um but a mask cam, yeah. I was thinking like mask can, but you, you can stick a camera to anything. In anything, so yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I, you know, I I, I was uh, <laughs> I tested one out on my my son's baseball hat, and I have a picture of that on Twitter. And I got man, I got hell for that. People were like, "You're using your kid for an operation." I'm like, "No, oh, no, it's just you know, it's just showing out. You know, it's cool." And you know, people lost their minds. So.
0: What, uh, um, yeah, the same thing kind of happened to me, like with, the, with your point about everyone's, it's a kind of double, I'm completely anti mask too, but when I've, you know, like I said, I'm kind of a, I'm a right winger and I've gone to, you know, Black Lives Matter protests r- before. And this is really the only time that I've worn a mask and like on purpose really is because is <laughs> like it's kind of a comedy show. So I'm always like cracking inappropriate jokes and stuff and I'm laughing. <laughs> so I'm looking at my live chat and I'm wearing a bandana and I've actually been called out pretty hard by the mob for laughing, like no smiling, no laughing at these protests. So from there, I just wear a, wore a bandana and uh, – Made, uh, making your yeah. occasional, you know, racist joke, <laughs> like, you know, a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, easier to pull off, but yeah. Um, so do you ever befriend, do you befriend, like how close do you get to the targets on these jobs? Like, can you befriend them? Do you ever like, are you ever like there? I don't know. <laughs> you're you're there. They're oil change. You mentioned like, you're, like do you ever like ha- dress up as a person in their life where you're like the, the mailman or the, anything like that?
1: No, I mean, it's not, you know, I've, I've seen people do that. Um, but it's, uh, by and large, no, I mean, I've, you know, that was the big thing, you know? So, I mean, I've never really, because there's, there's no need to get that close. I mean, that's why I have such big cameras. It's like you want to get as far, far away as you can, because you, you, you don't know how long you're going to be doing a job and, uh, you might, um, you know, you might have to do the job for a few years. So you don't want to blow it because once you interact with someone, they're going to remember you.
0: Oh, and yeah, you're, so, so you might be, so you're sometimes, you said that you're sometimes doing it for years. Did, um, is that, sometimes.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. That's patience, man. So, wow. That's so you have to, do you have like, do you dress like you brought up cars earlier? Do you ever like, um, do you dress to fit the part in the neighborhood? I mean, you're not going to be wearing like a nice suit in the in the ghetto or anything like that. Like, do you? Do you how's yeah, that? I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it, within the profession, um, within the profession, you you always want to blend into your environment. But just like in the military, I mean, you wear camouflage to blend. Um, and it's it's frustrating. Where I've actually had PIs assigned to me from, like, an opposing party. Really? Which was funny because... Wow. I, I You know, the first time that happened, I was thinking, this can't possibly be happening. And the, the guy literally was looking over a newspaper at Starbucks, like, in the movies. And he made eye contact. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. And so knowing the way the business works, I'm like, someone's paying this person. It's probably the party that I'm opposed to in this litigation and um i um, i just drove around for hours i even went to I we mean, even went to medieval times and i wasn't on the client's time i was on my own time so i went to medieval times for the matinee and uh i watched the black knight and beat the green knight and um that guy had to go in there with this little paper crown and, and, and stare wow. at me for two hours and then I drove out to the shore and I stared at the ocean for like four hours. I had a not an audio book in my ear. He didn't know that. And then, um, I, I forgot. Then I think I went shopping, um, at like, joanne fabrics which is like probably the most boring place i could think of yeah and this guy had to follow me through all that and what i was doing too is i was taking him through environments where he'd really stick out to make sure i was being followed like medieval times i mean when i look back and i see that guy in his, his windbreaker and his khakis and a, uh you know the green and gold crown and he's eating forced to eat like a uh, cornish gay men with his fingers uh, though i was trying so hard not to laugh i mean it's just so funny
0: what was the, how did it resolve itself? Do you ever like it, it confront him or you just kept doing your own thing until it went away?
1: Well, it resolved itself when I, I realized he had a GPS on my car. Mm. And so I left the lights on and I see him down the street waiting for me to go to bed. So I just put one of those, uh, audio, uh, you know, auto like sockets that turn your lights on randomly said so it like a few lights in the house just popping on and off and i was watching him and he was like walking then he'd back up then another light would pop on me to back up but he finally just gave up oh, okay and so then i went outside and i took the gps off my car and it was garbage day the next day so i put it in the garbage Mm-hmm. And I followed him following that garbage truck through like five neighborhoods.
0: Okay. Trying to figure out
1: where I was because he's watching this GPS thing and he, he couldn't figure it out.
0: This is a, this is a fascinating field, man! Wow. Okay, so we're out of time in about ten minutes. But my next question okay. was going was to be um, like, you seem pretty good at your job. Would you say? I mean, like, I, I, I can't believe that you're not above average at your job. Like, how many? Do you know how many PIs there are? Like, do you consider yourself like pretty good at it? Cause this guy, this guy that you're describing sounds pretty pretty bad <laughs> at his job. But like, wow, well, what's the field out there like?
1: Um, it depends on the industry. So I would say for your domestic type work, it's, it's hit and miss Um, There's really, really good PIs. There's really bad ones. Um, Usually when I'm working at the level I'm working now, there's some pretty good people on, on the opposing party and everything. I I really feel based on my experience and my success. um, And I base that success on clients hiring me and my reputation and, and court cases that, may have been successful. I, 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 think I'm definitely one of the best. Mm. And, um, you know, that sounds cocky, whatever, but I, I, I measure that by my dedication to the client. Mm. Like, even if I run out of money from them, I'm going to finish their job. If I, you know, if they paid a lot of money and I see they're going broke on this case, I'm going to put in those extra, I always put in extra hours anyways. I just don't charge them because I really like solving the cases. And if someone's really been wronged, I, I really want them to have some, at a minimum, some transparency on it. You know, it, maybe nothing happened. I want to be able to show them that. I don't want them to go to someone who's going to rip them off. And I can't solve every case. Not every yeah. case is solvable. But I, I think what makes me good, what I feel makes me good, is really my dedication to giving that client some some sense of peace and some transparency and so they can move on with their lives and then focus on other things. Yeah. So that's, that's where I rate it.
0: Yeah. It's very honorable. Yeah. Like pride, pride in your work, dedication and, and follow through. These are definitely marks of someone that's good at their field. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, nice. Like I used to think when I was younger that it was kind of like, that it was cocky. To, but it's like M- Michael Jordan was cocky, but he also knew he was one of the best. You can be both cocky and know. know you're the best at the same time, or you can be, or you can know you're one of the best and not be cocky. And it's just the simple truth is the simple truth. I, I personally think I'm one of the best pri- private music teachers in the world. I've, I don't, I still don't have, not gotten noticed yet, but
1: <laughs> I know I've heard that I've, yeah. your <laughs> reputation precedes you. <him>, so,
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So, do you? What about anyone that fa- ever faked their own death? Like, you know, people trying to disappear from society. Like they just want to get, a, you know, anything like that?
1: Uh, not on any case I've done, but I do got a great, really quick story for you. Okay. Kind of like that. Love it. Um, We did have a case where this uh, poor woman was convinced that her husband was cheating on her. Every Tuesday he would go to like the motel sex. And my, my guys out there was like, hey. I, I can't figure out. He goes in there. He comes out four hours later. I don't see anyone going with him or leave. So we finally sent my, a, a pizza over there huh? and knocked on the door afterwards and said, hey, yeah, my pizza, my, my guy go in. And he's in there for like an hour and he comes out and he's eating a piece of pizza. And I said, well, what happened? Well, it turns out the guy really liked hockey. And his wife didn't want him to watch hockey because he'd had a heart attack. And this is, like, a, a CEO of a major, like, company, too. And so he would sneak off for the playoffs or something and go to a Motel 6 and wear his little college sweatshirt, like, old school, like, the elastic bands. And he'd get his little, uh, like, pizza or, like, a, you know, a, a Hungry Man. That was his favorite, we found out. The little burnt brownie and the little sections. Sure. Yep. And he would just sit there and watch hockey in a place where she wasn't um, yelling at him. And wow. we reported, so unfortunately we had to report that to her. I didn't want to, you know, betray his love of hockey, but yeah, she's the client and she needed that transparency and she, she was mad at us. She did. She didn't believe us. Wow. And at that point there, she tried to give us more money. I said, I think, I think I'm going to give you a list of some really good marriage counselors. Mm. And you know, it's
0: kind of a sad story, man. It's a yeah. sad story, yeah. but
1: the guy, the guy was so happy to watch his hockey and he invited my friend and he's like, you want to watch some? My friend's like, that's a little weird, but he's like, Oh no, leave the door open. So my friend, I said, well, next time don't get a slice of pizza, but you know, wow. at least we gave her some, and I think they're doing fine now. They actually did go to a marriage counselor. She followed up and okay. they're doing great.
0: <laughs> so, so someone in the live chat just said, dude, just wanted to watch the game. <laughs>
1: Dude just wanted to watch again? Yeah, absolutely. Wow.
0: <laughs> did you ever you know that when people think of your, you know, your standard private investigator or whatever, they you know, you mentioned it earlier, kind of like the domestic thing. Um uh-huh. were you ever involved? Did you have to work your way up or anything like that? Is that is that considered to be like bottom of the barrel? Like if you start off at that, you work your way up, or like did you ever have that as your assignment? Like, you know, or like where it actually turned out to be the what was going on?
1: Um, well, I think it's what people prefer uh, as detectives. So some mm. people prefer just doing all domestic. Some people prefer doing insurance cases. Yeah. Um, mine is usually based on the client. I either like the client or I don't. So mm. if I like my current clients, wonderful. And uh, yeah, I've been with them forever. And I wouldn't be with them this long if we didn't have a mutual dedication to solving their problems. So for me, it's more client-based. Okay. I want to help anyone. Um, and, and, you know, as long as, as long as I can, I will, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that, but so for me, it's more about, you know, um, yeah, I, I prefer clients to have a multitude of issues and I can, I can help them solve a lot of them and let them focus on what they need to do, whatever their profession is. So I, I don't think that's really an echelon thing of like some the lower level does this and the higher level. I mean there's people that do process serving and nothing but serving papers yep. and are insanely good at it and make a lot of money doing that, um, so I think it's really what you prefer
0: yeah Did, you know I just it just came to mind we covered this on the show yesterday there's this case of um, a politician he was getting served by another politician's process server. I think it was Eric Swalwell was doing the the Serving and it was uh, Mo Brooks, but the the process server ran in his garage to to uh, give the, his to serve his wife. Essentially, there's like a scandal from a couple days ago. Um, is that is that okay? Like, is is the garage the property? You know, like is that a violation? It depends. It depends. It depends on the state. On the state. Oh, um,
1: yeah. Every every state has something called the rules of civil process, mm. and so it really depends on that state's. Rule. I, I don't know. I okay. don't know
0: where that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was in, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it. Yeah. Um, you know, so this is kind of la- last kind of light question. I mean, the, one of the people in the chat is, it, um, is from, I'll just say is familiar with it with a PI. I don't want to give away too much information, but, um, do, have you asked? If you, do you ever have to like like pee in a bottle, <laughs> like when you're on a stakeout, like or do you just leave, or do you like how do you ha- handle the the essentials or the the life sustaining essentials when you're you know, when you're out?
1: I'm going to give you a, a standard uh, media training answer. Uh, every case is different, <laughs> and you need to adjust accordingly to. Uh make it through
0: every case. Yes. Okay, good. That's very, uh, yeah, it's very, uh, I don't know, <laughs> um, PC or, you know, um, professional of you. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> All right. G- great. All right. Sweet, man. Well, I mean, yeah, we just did an hour. That's usually like kind of the standard length, but you know, just r- real quick. Uh, so we, you, we, we usually do like a, what's called a rapid fire around at the end of the okay. interview where I'm gonna ask you quick stuff. And, um, you get people in the live chat, feel free to put stuff in the, in the chat that is maybe not so related to private investigation, maybe stuff that's, you know, favorite food. stuff like that so do you have um uh, first ones for me do you have uh, a favorite gun um a thing that you like to shoot the most like what's your favorite uh firearm that you that you shoot
1: my favorite firearm is actually um my co2 pistol really explain yeah because i can take it out and practice most of the fundamentals without getting in trouble
0: okay yeah yes yeah it's interesting yeah i just i just did a, a class called a extreme it's called extreme close quarters combat and so it was like kind of firing at you know three to five yeah. feet really 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 close and um they were just emphasizing that just even doing just dry fire every single day just drawing yeah. stuff like that it can help you and also with the average ammo shortage it's just like you know it's an arm and a leg for the money right yeah and that's
1: yeah definitely and it's it is, I mean, you're doing your, your trigger squeeze, you're doing your sight picture, you're doing your breathing. Um, you can see my, you know, some friends and family on my, my site doing, um, on, on my Twitter doing uh, some, some CO2. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, so I would say that one just because, um, I would say my favorite firearm is uh, definitely my, my Glock, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's just, it's just an all-around great gun. It's good distribution of recoil, uh, it's comfortable. It's what I know. It's it's yeah. a it's a nice it's a nice gun.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Ness. what's your like everyday carry? Okay, so a Glock. Um,
1: I don't everyday carry. Oh I, no, wow, that's very surprising. Be, yeah, you. you have to be licensed, and uh, in my profession, for instance, you have to have a special licensing, and the insurance is through the roof. And look, I mean, I'm collecting intelligence or domestic information. If I need a gun, then I've done something really wrong. Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you have a? Do, do you throw hatchets?
1: You know I throw hatchets. That's, <laughs> <You don't>? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a trick question. It's, it's on my Twitter. Uh, okay. Yes, I, I I have I bought some hatchets uh, from. Uh, actually, I was sent some hatchets by Smith and Wesson, and there are these things like this, and yeah. they're great. I yeah. th- there's so. Much, I mean, it's so. It's like meditation. I love it.
0: To be fair, that actually was I, – I did know that, but to be fair, that wasn't my question. That was from the live chat, so oh, okay. they didn't know. So you, so you do throw out – do you have yes. a – do you like – what's your favorite spy movie? Do you have – like do you think they're – I don't know. Yeah, favorite spy movie and what – maybe more, most realistic one as well.
1: I won't – I'm not going to answer the second one. No. Mm. Uh, I, I don't want to confirm or deny a thing i get it i yeah. will say my favorite one i can't think of the name of it but um oh well my favorite spy movie is uh, tinker taylor soldier spy oh cool that is and you know that is definitely my favorite spy movie as far as like cia related movies the one that had robert redford and um, brad pitt was i thought exceptional what was that one? I forgot the I forgot the name of it. I know I can, I can, I've
0: seen it, it and i I can picture it, but I don't remember it. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your favorite food? What's your fa- Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite food? And we'll go with, um, you know, when you're eating at a restaurant as well as cooking at home, Chinese food, Chinese food. Okay. Do cooking you ever, at home steak. Steak. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, I've never seen spy kids before. So someone asked, asked how accurate is spy kids? Do you know that movie?
1: Yeah, I think it's about as accurate as the Santa Claus when they okay. have spy elves. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know any spy kits, so I can't really comment. And I, I certainly mean no disrespect to any existing spy kits that are out there. <laughs>
0: That is great. All right. That was an awesome interview. You guys, Oh, I know it was a joke. Might be wrong. Sorry. My, my live chat's messing with me now. That was a great interview. You're welcome back on anytime. I love oh, talking about this. Field. Yeah, it was great, man. I'll be, I'll be definitely be snooping in over there on Twitter uh, and things like that. But um, why Sounds don't you, good. this is going to be a podcast in a couple days. So why don't you just tell people okay. like how to find you, how to support online, anything you want to promote or plug or anything like that
1: sure the best way to find me is just on, on twitter is just brian o'shea SPI, um and my instagram is the same and then um i would also say in light of the, you know everything else I, I also i'm always checking in on uh dailycloud.io as well just to see what's going on with legislation and everything
0: Wow, i've never heard about that that's i'm gonna um look at that right now DailyClout.io. i've never even heard of that that's a great information source for me oh
1: i have to disclose it's my wife's site oh it's your wife's site okay um, that's yes. fine that's that's fine <laughs> you can plug she, whatever she that's keeps great. me out of trouble <laughs> okay great
0: awesome well thank you so much for coming on i'd love to have you on again and have a great day okay
1: you too thanks right. Right. Have a good take care walk. brian thanks, thanks.
0: bye All right. cool <laughs> that was fun guys Oh, uh, that was, <laughs> hey, I call people out on the second interview, Katie Z. Katie says, great interview, except for not calling them out on the gun stuff. You know what? I dropped the ball. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, the second time around, I get more contentious. You, if you see my, my re- repeat interviews and things like that, I do call them out. But I, I like making my guests comfortable and things like that. Brian O'Shea, private detective, not investigator, husband of Naomi Wolf. Awesome interview. That was really fun. Good guy.